And welcome everybody. God said, let there be light. And here we are, letting there be light. Praise God. All right, so how are we doing there? We got my tech here, tech guy here. I got- Welcome um, everybody. God said, let there be light. <laughs> I got Brent here. Hey Brent, good to have you, buddy. Good, uh, good to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's so good to be here. Um, so again, you know, I say this every morning, every Sunday morning that we wait uh, for people to come in. And um, <clears throat> it's like having a church, a, a brick and mortar. This, you know, we have to respect what God's given us today uh, for, for the church. In other words, this is the new church. Um, now, it's a part of the new church. It's a way that we can minister to everybody. Uh, we can uh, come together. We, can, we have chat. We can fellowship. And God knew this from the very, very beginning. He knew that we would have a system set in place where we could actually, where we could actually be together as God's people. So we have to respect this as God's real church, just as real as if you walked into a brick and mortar. And uh, so, therefore, I, I want to give a few minutes to let people, you know, stumble in, uh, give some time for people to um, maybe, as if you could imagine coming in off the street. You put a sign out. You have a brick and mortar church. And it's time for them now to come in and hear God's word. So I want I want to give uh, some time to that. Anyway, Brent, we got we got a lot of people already starting in chat here. We got uh, Amber and Opal. Hey, Opal. Good morning. Uh, Faithful Opal. It's Opal. Yep, that's right. Faithful Opal. Belinda, Christy. Good to see you guys. Uh, Lisa, Shelley. Good to have you. Um, I love you all. Thank you for being here, a good and faithful servant. Looks like Ronald's a Ronald, Ronald Jr. Good to have you. God bless you guys. Come on in. Um, why are we here? Why are we doing? Um, why are we doing this um, Sunday morning? Um, well, number one, because people are off. Uh, somebody said, David, is Sunday? God's chosen day? Well, let me tell you something. Every day is God's chosen day because God made every day. Now, this is not Shabbat. Shabbat is on a Saturday. You rest on a Saturday, but we happen to be here on Sunday because, well, number one, God told me to be here, and number two, there's a lot of people out there that, Brent, they don't go to church anymore. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, <clears throat> they're confused. They're, a little, might I say, a little bit angry, uh, and we're here for you. You know, a lot of this is because people don't have a place to go. And God said, David, go to my people. My people are hungry. My people are lonely. My people want a fellowship. And I said, but God, on a Sunday morning? I said, what? I don't want to interfere with other churches. And God said to me, you mean you don't want to interfere with the church system? Now, the church system I'm talking is the, is the apostate system. It's not God's real system. I'm not talking about God's real church. I'm talking about the apostate church system. And this is why you and I are here. This is why this meeting was birthed because the church system belongs to Satan. Why? Because they don't adhere to the things of God. They've made up their own candy land, Jesus. And therefore, God has appointed you and I and anointed us to preach the gospel at a time that other people 
are piling into these buildings thinking that God is so delighted in this form of worship. And I'm not saying this is true for every church. Please understand me. I'm talking about the church system. Brent, the other night we had a meeting and one of the sisters in our meeting said, David, uh, there's plenty of good people in the church system. And I said, well, there might be plenty. First of all, there's no good people. Jesus said that. But there might be some people in the church system that are deceived that God's going to call out of the system. There are no people in the church system that's going to stay there. And I'm going to say this. In these last days, there's no one going to stay in the apostate church system that's going to be saved, that is adhering and relying and following the apostate church. There's no one. Zilch. It ain't going to happen, baby. It's called lukewarm at best, and it's called going to hell, unfortunately, at worst. All right, but this isn't what we're, exactly what we're talking about this morning. Um, welcome, everybody. So, Brent, do we have anybody in chat that's... Um, Got anything to say that, uh, uh, that's right, uh, Lone Wolf says, good morning, all. David, you are right, that's why I'm here, because I don't go to a brick-and-mortar church. Now, folks, let me explain something to you, because I know some of you, like me, you're hesitant to speak out against certain things, and this is because of religious mind control. They have it's a, it's a form of mind control. They don't want you to speak out against them, okay? But I'd rather speak out and be wrong sometimes than to not speak out at all. Why? Because Ezekiel says, and you can read it, and I'm going to paraphrase, that if you see a trouble coming, you see a hell coming, and you don't blow the trumpet, their blood is on your hands. Yeah. Their blood is on your hands, right, Brent? That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But, but if you blow the trumpet, yeah. then their blood is on their hands. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, we're blowing the trumpet. I'm saying, folks, get out of the apostate church system. Now, I'm not saying getting out of every church. That's not what I'm saying. But if your church or a church you go to or a church you know of is not preaching against sin, and I'm talking sexual immorality, I'm talking about the perversion, I'm talking about uh, the slaughter of our innocent, I'm talking about the things that normally churches don't talk about, that that's why we are here and that's why we talk about those things, then get out. And if you don't mind me adding, it's... Yeah. It's, it's us getting out of the church system, but it's more so getting the church system out of us. Getting the, thank you. Brent says, it's not us getting out of the church system, it's getting the church system out of us, getting the church system out of our uh, system. Okay, let's, uh, I'm gonna open this up in prayer uh, and ask God to uh, lead us and direct us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Uh, we open this up in prayer. I thank you for each and every person here this morning. God, let it be your words. We're hungry. We want to leave here on a higher level than when we came in, meaning we want your wisdom. We want, we want it because we want to obey you. We want to know who you are, who, more of who you are. We want to know how can we follow you and obey you more. We want to be cleansed. We don't want to be brainwashed. So I'm asking for a complete healing of our minds, the mind of Christ, that you download this godly information to each and every person listening to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, last week we talked about your giants. Don't just track your giants down. Don't just know you have a giant. You got to go out and kill the giant. And what is your giant? 
your giant is the demon that's keeping you from doing what God created you to do. Brent, every, each and every one of us has a purpose. God created us with a purpose. In other words, when you were created and I was created, he said, David, this is what you are designed to do. Brent, here's what you are designed to do. You agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, are you doing it? Are we doing it as God's children? Are we living out the purpose God created us? You say, David, but, you know, do I have to? Well, what are you, are you kidding? Do you have to? God, God has a plan for you to knit together the kingdom of God. And when you don't show up and I don't show up, there becomes a missing person. Think of it as a, as a movie. God's making a movie. And the actor doesn't show up on the scene. And what's the script? The Bible. So when you don't show up, everybody suffers. And that's why we're doing this this morning. David showed up. There was a Goliath and there was uh, uh, the army of God and and the uh, Philistine army and they were facing off one another. And this is a dynamic, a perfect picture of, of good versus evil, of God's people facing the satanic giant. And that's, this, this is about today, folks. This isn't a history lesson. What happened here in the account of uh, uh, Numbers 14, which I want you to go to, Numbers 14, is exactly what's happening today. So you have these two uh, 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 forces of, uh, battling. They're not even battling. They're separated. But the problem is God's army's terrified. They won't make a move. Why? Because you got this one lone giant out there, uh, uh, you know, mumbling all this nonsense, putting the fear... Uh, uh, in everybody, and nobody wanted to do anything until a little shepherd boy shows up. Until a little shepherd boy shows up. Actually, oh, actually, no. Uh, Brent, check that out. It's not numbers. Uh, It's Samuel. But find out exactly what that is, uh, the account of David and Goliath. So you guys hang on. It's not numbers. Do not go to numbers. Second Samuel 17, go there, all right? David shows up. He's hearing this giant spew off things against the army of God, of the living God. This is the first Samuel, sorry, first Samuel 17. First Samuel 17. Before I get started on this, I gotta have me a cup of coffee, a, a drink here. Yeah, my last evangelist mug. Um, have you had your coffee yet, Brent? You're right. Your water coffee, okay? I, you know, I question people that don't drink coffee. Now, I'm not putting you down. I love you guys. I, I don't know how do you go, wake up in the morning, you don't have your cup of coffee. To me, and I say this, I, I know there's going to be coffee shops in heaven. And I know that we're going to, uh, and you know, holy grounds, right? Hebrews, right? I know that we're going to sit and we're going to with each other and have a cup of coffee. I believe that I'm going to sit with Jesus and have a cup of coffee, and he's going to tell me all of the mysteries, all of the secrets, all the things that weren't revealed. I just know that. Anyway, I love my coffee. Thank you, Lord, for making the coffee in. 1 Samuel 17, David shows up. He sees this disgusting thing taking up space on the planet called Goliath, and he is so disgusted Here's what happens. It's funny because the army of God, they weren't disgusted. They were afraid. If 
Folks, you're either going to be fearful of the devil or you're going to be disgusted. And I'm to the point, I'm disgusted with Satan. I will not tolerate it. He is going back to hell and will not return. You send those demons back, all right? Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock. I went after it. I struck it, rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine. This thing taking up space on planet Earth will be like one of them. I will, I'm paraphrasing, I will kill it. Grab him by the hair of the head, he will be dead. Now, why is David saying this to Saul? Because Saul is discouraging David. He's saying, you can't do this. You're a little boy. So you see, the world is going to discourage you. And I'm going to tell you something right now. The religious system will discourage you when you tell them you're going to stand up to the things of evil, that you have the right as a child of God to cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, and preach the truth. They will come against you. Why? Because the religious system doesn't want the truth preach. They don't want you to use your power. If you start using your power, the religious system thinks they're losing their power over you. Verse 37, David goes on to say, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said, okay, let me stop there. The giant David is facing is equivalent to your giant, folks. You've got a giant of addiction. You've got a giant of disease. You've got a giant of fear. I can't do that. You've got a giant. I'm getting too old. I'm too young. I'm too skinny. I'm too fat. There's some giant standing in your way, keeping you from doing what God has created you to do. And today, you're going to stand just like little David stood, and you're going to kill that giant. You're going to take that sling, and you're going to pop him right between the eyes. The giant of fear will be gone. The giant of addiction, the giant of, of insecurity, and the giant of religion. Ooh, that's a big one, right? The giant of religion. We got anybody saying anything today? Any, any comments? Uh, I want to hear what you guys have to say out here about the giants. Do you have a giant in your life? Give me some giants because we're going to knock them down. Folks, listen, if we don't identify the giants, how in the world will we know what we're fighting? Right? What is your giant? Write it down. All right? Let's go to, um, let's, let, let, let's go to verse 38. So Saul listened to David talking. So he dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on David and a bronze helmet on his head. He fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Folks, God has given you a very private, specific weapon to use to kill your giant. Now, we understand, Brent, that the weapon, God's number one weapon is the word of God. We understand that. Without that weapon, uh, the sword of truth, we cannot slay the giant. <clears throat> but folks, listen. Just like David, uh, God gave David the ability to pick up that rock, put it in a sling, and kill that giant, he's given you a specific weapon in this life to use for your talent only. We have 
Yeah, the Giants. Give me a list them off. Yeah, let me hear the Giants really loud. Yeah. <clears throat> Yuli said cigarettes. God's Family Garden said the, the spirit of poverty. Yeah. Gloria said, or R Rachel Lee said, um, Jezebel. Uh, Lone Wolf said, I have a giant of lust. Wow. Beautiful Meadows said, the giant of confusion is dangerous, that's for sure. Wow. Victoria said, the, the giant of unbelief. Kendra said, the giant of identity. Lisa said, I've had loss and failure since a child. Shelly Hughes said, the giant of insecurity. Lisa said, the giant of controlling my emotions better. Wow. You could, Lena said, the giant of not having a godly man in my life. Wow. Got, Victoria said, the giant of reality. And Belinda said, the giant of sexual thoughts. Uh, I pray about it daily, several times a day. I'm 73 and feel possessed. Wow. Wow. Giants, folks. Each and every one, we've identified the giant, and that's been the problem. The church, you go into an apostate church building, they won't let you get up and identify those giants. So they may have some event, but you can't go in there and get fed and get healed, not unless it's in the program. And that's why, and I just got to tell you, that's why God gave us last evangelists. And I just have to tell you this. Why? Because it's a TV series that tells the truth about these last days. You know, we did... Episode one was on the uh, church lockdown, and God gave it to me before it even happens on the, the virus, okay? You can watch that on David Hevener TV exclusively. Just go to davidhevener.tv and sign up. Now we're doing episode two, and it's on the vaccine, all right? It's on what, is, what's, what are things going to look like in the future, all right? Folks, we've got to get the word out. We've got to get the truth out. We've got to get how the Antichrist is working in these last days. If you're interested in Last Evangelist episode two, you'd like to pray with us, help us fund it, go to lastevangelist.com and you can become a fundraiser. You can donate. I don't, even if it's a dollar, I don't care. But this is what I'm using, what we are using to conquer another giant. What is it? It's the giant of deception. We're telling the truth, and that's why you and I are together today. All right? So let's go to um, verse 40. So David took off this thing that, that Saul gave him, the, this heavy stuff. He can't. Don't let somebody else give you their weapon. You have a weapon to battle that addiction. You have a weapon to take out that giant of loneliness. God has given it to you. All right? David's weapon, what was it? He took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. He used his weapon. Folks, you need to use your weapon. You say, David, what is it? I don't know, because I don't know you well enough, and God knows you. He created you. Just like I'm constantly searching for my weapon. What was my weapon? Well, God created me to make movies. And I'm using that as a weapon to take out the giant. God has created you to do something. And, but if you haven't done it in years, that's when the demons come in and start playing, wreaking havoc in people's lives. So look and see the talent God has given you. And it could be as much as encouragement. It doesn't have to be acting, singing, dancing. Film. It doesn't have to be that. It could be encouraging, be an intercessory prayer warrior. 
all right? We have, if you would like to team up with this ministry and use your weapon, and you're a prayer warrior, please, I want you to uh, uh, email admin at davidhevener.tv. If you want to be an encourager and be on some of our calls, email da- uh, admin at davidhevener.tv. Whatever your weapon is, we could use it. God can use it in this ministry. 41, meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little, more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. He despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. This is what Satan does to us. He comes at us, he speaks to us, he puts the fear in us, and we listen to his words. You can't beat that addiction. You can't have the husband you want. You cannot identify, uh, have identity in Christ. Don't you understand? God doesn't love you. This is what Satan says, and this is what the Satan said to David. Satan is Goliath. I believe that Goliath was actually possessed by Satan. I really do. I think it was Satan in the flesh. But let's find out what David did. And this is what you and I are going to do. And this is how we're blowing Satan out of the water. He's not in the water. But we're going to send him back to hell. David said to the Philistine, he turned it around. He didn't listen to what Satan said to him. In fact, he used the technique that Satan was trying to David said to that Philistine, you, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but listen, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, whom you have defiled, Satan. We come to you in the name of Jesus. We cast you out. We blow you back into the gates of hell, you demon of addiction, you demon of loneliness, you demon of fear. You are gone. You see, folks, until you get mad with righteous anger, until you stop having fear for Satan and you start having disgust for him, only then will you stand up to him. You tell him what he has done. You read him his rights and you send him back. Don't have a conversation. It's short and it's sweet. David didn't sit there and have a conversation with Goliath. That's the problem, Brent, is we want to sit here and have conversations with demons. You should have never did that. You spoke a word and they were gone. They were gone. Yeah. I'll tell you, the biggest demon is the demon of religion. People that think they know God, they're locked up in some kind of denomination, some type of religion. Oh, my church, my preacher with the skinny legs, who teaches the best life now, my rock band, mine, mine. I go, you, you should go there. And that you try to tell this person who's a religious person or comes out of Catholicism and wants to worship Mary or whatever, you try to tell them the truth and that demon of religion will argue with you. They will, because they want, see, Satan always wants to get you into a debate. Because the longer you talk, the better chance he has of finding a loophole a week uh, in the link to get in there and get you. You don't do that. Don't, do not, never have, this thing about exorcism with Catholic Church, the exorcist, Brent, that's nonsense. You sit there and you start reading Latin to a demon uh, for hours, 
you know, guess what they're going to do? They're going to throw you out the window. And that's what happened in the exorcist. The priest got thrown out the window. You don't sit there. I don't want to have a conversation with the demon because, first of all, I don't want to be around them. You know? And I don't seek out demons. Don't do it. This thing about demon hunting, folks, you run the other way. Do not hunt demons. Don't believe me. They'll find you. You don't need to hunt anybody. Jesus never hunted a demon. They came into his path, and, they, and there's not a demon that, that was happy about that because they all got blown back to hell. Forty-six, this day, now he delivers the death sentence to Goliath. This day, the Lord will deliver you, talking about Goliath, deliver you into my hands, who? David's hands, and I'll strike, this is, now he tells him detail what he's gonna do to him. I, I'll strike you down and cut off your head this very day. I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. When you come against a demon, you stand up against that demon, you break that chains of hell, not only are you set free, not only are you delivered, but you are responsible for showing the miraculous power of the living God. And this is what David was saying. They will know. They will know there is a God in heaven. They will know the God of Israel. Verse 47, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. He will give all of you into our hands. This is not about the power of a government. This is not about the power of a, of, a, of a apostate church system. This is not about the power of addiction. This is not about the power of fear. It's about the power of God. It is not a physical weapon. It is spiritual. It is fought in heavenly places, but it is God's. It belongs to God, and that's what he was saying. Now, we have graduated since then, and I'm going to talk to you about that in just a moment. We're going to go into generational curses, how the devil gets away with what he does, and now what we have to stand on that David didn't at that time. All right? He indicts him, passes sentence. Verse 48, as the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And you see, when the devil starts coming at you like they did David, don't back up, don't run away, don't go and hide. You go straight to that demon. And boy, when you do, that demon will not understand what's going on because most people run. But when they see a child of God coming at them, I know what they're doing. They're scratching their head and they're going, I got a problem here. Somebody's been talking to this person. They've been listening to God. You go straight to that demon you, you, and you deal with that demon. Don't put him off till tomorrow. That demon of addiction that you're battling, that I'm battling, is going to go away today. It's not tomorrow when I wake up. So reaching into his bag, verse 49, and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell face down on the ground. He, David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Folks, no matter what the assignment God has given you, 
No matter what the vision is God has given you to do, if he gives you vision, he will give you provision, meaning if he gives you something to do, he will never let circumstances stand in the way of that assignment. Now, I know a lot of us are talking about addiction. David, I just got to get over alcohol. I've got to get over drugs. I've got to get over this lust. I understand that. And you are, and you will. You've been promised that. It's called deliverance. But you see, I've got something going on here. You're trying to sign in. So what's happened is the Philistine goes down on the ground, hit by David with the sling. But you see, here's the problem. The problem is we don't kill the giant. We just knock him down. But when you cast a giant out, when you cast a demon out, you send that demon back to hell and you state you will not return. If you do not give those instructions, there's a good chance they'll just come back and they'll bring seven more with them. That's another, another sermon. But anyway, most of you all have been talking about addiction and we do battle that. That is our giant. But also the, the demon of fear is because God has given you an assignment, me an assignment, and we don't listen to that. We don't do it. We're afraid to do it. And so we're going to take out the demon of fear. And a lot of times when we have fear over a period of time, we turn to alcohol, we turn to drugs, we turn to sex, because it is a, a, a level of comfort that we get out of it. So it becomes an addiction. But see, all this stems from not using your gift. If you start using your gift and you wake up every morning and there's a mission bigger than you, you won't, it'll be easier to turn away from that bottle. It'll be easier to turn away from that pill. It will be much easier to face fear in the face and cast him back to hell. When you have a mission, well, you have it, but when you acknowledge the mission God's given for you. So Brent, I want you guys to tell me, what is your mission now? We, we talked about your giant. What is the purpose? Why are you here? I want to know, what is your purpose on earth? This is your giant if you're not uh, living out the purpose. So I want you to, to take it to chat, and Brent's going to tell me in a moment. So what did David do? He ran to the devil. He ran, and he stood over him. He took out the Philistine sword, sword, drew it from the sheath, and he killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. You got to finish the job, folks. Finish it. 52, the men of Israel and Judah surged uh, forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were uh, strung along uh, Shaphram Road and Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. See what happens when you stand up to a demon, when you stand up to a giant, all those that were weak, all those that were scared, they're gonna all of a sudden see God's power and they're gonna move forward. It's a sad event, but that's the way it is. And God uses you and he uses me. When we stand up to truth, there'll be others that will benefit because they will now have the courage to step forward. There's nothing wrong with it. I say it's a sad event. I wish everybody could just have the courage all at one time, but that's not what happens. But when you step forward and you do what God tells you to do, then other people see that. 
you are a witness for people. Giant. All right, Brent, what's our giant that uh, uh, anybody uh, uh, have a giant that they want to uh, talk about? I want to say giant, what is the mission now? The giant that you're trying to accomplish the mission, that's your giant uh, purpose. Anybody? Yeah, so Victoria <clears throat> said, surviving the woes, I think at the end of Revelation. Rachel Lee said, I'm here to sing. <clears throat> Jennifer said, the Lord called me to street preach, but in order to cope, I sometimes drink. And Lone Wolf said, to break the chains of curses and addictions. Angelic said, mine is sharing the gospel and healing. Prayer warrior. Milu said to be a witness and win souls for Christ. Rachel Lee said to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God's Family Garden said, My purpose is to raise food and medicine and to show others how to do it. Marit's desire is to help others through food and medicinal herbs. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Lisa said a Bible ministry and Gloria said souls. Wow. Wow. Amazing, amazing missions. I want to go back to the one, uh, who was the one sister that said she wants to do street preaching, but sometimes she drinks? Um, yes, uh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Uh, I, I want to address that. Not you specifically. I don't want to call you out. I want to address the issue because I had that issue as an actor. I used to take a drink of wine sometimes before I would go on the set to calm my nerves as many years ago. Um, listen, honey, I don't want you to feel... Uh, I don't want you to, to, to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel shamed because the fact that you would mention it and you would say, look, I, I, I take a drink because I'm afraid to go out and do what God's given me to do. I don't want you to feel shame, all right? I want you to know that's a giant that you're gonna slaughter. That giant's gonna fall dead. That's a demon that's going back to hell. And for anyone that wants to judge you, I've got, I've got, a, I've got some, some news for anyone that wants to judge anyone who takes a drink before they do something. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you shoved a donut in your mouth because you get nervous or you're lonely? I've, I sit down with a big bowl of chocolate chip cookies and milk and I will guzzle that stuff. How dare me come against anyone who's addicted to alcohol or to pills when I can't stop eating sugar? I don't do that anymore, praise God. On a day-to-day -day basis, I'm delivered. I praise God, I give him the glory. I am not telling you I'm exempt from it. No one should ever tell you you're exempt from it. Do not ever let a preacher stand up and tell you you have an addiction, you have a problem when they cannot watch their waistline. And then after church, they cram all this disgusting stuff in their mouth that's not even, doesn't even look like food anymore. It's not even in this original form. Brent, you ever been to one of these Baptist after church meals? Potlucks. Potlucks. Yep. And, and they got all these pots with all this food in it. And I asked someone, I said, what's that? And they go, well, that's broccoli. That ain't broccoli. That's been whipped and beat. And, 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 you know, into something, I don't, it's not even, it's got so much garbage in it, chemicals, it's not broccoli anymore, folks, it's not real, right? Yeah. 
I mean, come on, listen, I don't want to get off on this, but I, I'm tired of people putting certain people down because they have an addiction, and yet they, we, have our de- uh, stuff we're dealing with. No, we walk alongside brothers and sisters. Someone says, I have addiction of lust. I'm, I'm addicted to porno. Someone says, I, it's hard for me to stop drinking. We walk with them. We walk with them. We don't put them down. We don't just shame them. Don't you understand that the reason they're doing what they're doing is because they're shaming themselves? They don't need us to help them. It's like the prostitute that I met one night. I was down in Hollywood Boulevard. She said, hey, preacher. I had on a last evangelist shirt or I had some, some shirt on. She said, you're a preacher. I said, well, I don't know. Depends on why you're asking. She goes, I, I got a little girl. I need help. I need prayer. And I prayed with her. I knew she was a prostitute. I knew she was out there on the streets hustling for money. I knew that. God said, you pray with her. And right there on Hollywood Boulevard and Western, I prayed with her. But then God said, don't you pray with her and leave. You stay with her. You walk with her. You talk with her. Don't give her a prayer and mosey right along. And so she, after I prayed with her, I stood there. And she, I guess she was waiting for the cars to come by for her next trip. I, I, trick, I knew there was something going on with her. She looked at me. She says, why are you standing here? I said, God told me to stay here with you. <laughs> what? Yeah, I... You can do what you want. I'm not going to tell you not to do something. You know what's, I mean, God is placing your heart. I know right now that what you're doing is wrong. You know that. You don't need me to tell you. You don't need me to shame you. Well, stay there with her. I got to tell you, she didn't go and do anything else that night. She just stood there. But you see, when you stay with people, the demons see that the, that the army of God has shown up and they will not tolerate oppression and possession anymore. You send the demon back to hell and you tell him he's not welcome. Not welcome. No. He's not coming back. Period. All right. Now we're going to show how do you use your gift. We're going to come against the demon of addiction, throw him back to hell. But now you've got your gift. How are we going to do that? It's a talent, a specific mission. Now, will you stand in front of God and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant? You have done what I created you to do. Will you and I hear that? Or or will we hear, well intended, good and faithful servant? Well thought out, good and faithful servant. Well and, you know, well spoken, good and faithful servant. God didn't create us to speak what he wants us to do. God didn't create us to think about what he wants us to do. He created us to do what he created us to do. We were created in his image, don't you understand? So when you are not doing what God needs for you to do, Again, the body suffers. But David, how do I do that? 
Why do I turn to the bottle? Why do I turn to lies? Why do I turn to lust? Why do I eat so much? Why, why? Why am I afraid? We're going to talk about that. Can you say generational curse? The question is, genes. Went to the doctor the other day. They said, David, it's in your genes. You can't stop it. It's in your genes. Talking about disease. Well, in the way that doctor was right, he was stupid when it came to the things of God, but he was right in the, what he said. It's in your genes. And where he was wrong, when he said, you can't stop it, you can stop it. Are you cursed? Is your genes cursed? That's my question. Cursed genes. You see, we come from a generation of cursed genes. They say, David, uh, you, you mean it's passed down through the mother and father? Yes, it is. Dealing with alcohol? My therapist said that anxiety runs in my family. My sisters have panic attacks. I've had them. She said it's in the genes. My papa, who drove a pie truck, he was a drunk. He drank. I loved him. He drank. He drank himself to death. But the demons killed him through alcohol. But his brothers were drunks. On my mother's side of the family, they, most of them died of a heart attack in their 20s. Her brother died, his heart exploded at 22. A cursed generation, cursed genes. But it can be overcome. You do not have to live with cursed genes. Depression. Suicide, sexual perversion, drugs, pharmaceuticals. Can you say sorcery? If you're taking pharmaceuticals, and I'm not talking about antibiotics, I'm not talking about things that you can take that will save you from something. I'm talking about on an ongoing things that these doctors are pumping out into these kids that they call ADD, which is making that stuff up so they can give them drugs. This stuff is sorcery. It's big pharma. Here's one, Brent. You want a demon? Religion. Mm -hmm. This is a generational curse, religion. Have you ever gone to a church, I call it a family church, where the father was the preacher, now the son's the preacher, and the mother's the Sunday school teacher, and the family seems to run the church? That's a generational curse when they are not preaching the real Jesus, which many of them are, because it turns more into their family. If you go into a Six Flags over Jesus, you'll see that's usually a generational church. Usually the father or someone had something to do with that church, now the son's standing up and spewing hell. Cursed genes, is it in the Bible? Let's go to Numbers 14, 2, 3, 14, 2, 3. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt, or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better off if we stayed in Egypt? They were arguing with God and groaning because God delivered them. You see, when you get delivered, you can't go back to God and start complaining because you've made your own mess. Numbers 14, 18, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. He does not leave the guilty unpunished. Listen to this. Your parents, your grandparents, whoever they are down 
up in the generations. They're groaning to God. God puts a curse on them. Look at this. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years and suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies live in the wilderness. In other words, your children suffer. Folks, your mom and dad, their mom and dad, their mom and dad, it's passed down. We suffer because of the sins of the father. You say, oh, really? The father? Yes. Scripture says because of the sins of what the parents did, the children will suffer. Folks, if we don't get straightened out, our children will suffer. I've seen it. I've seen it in my family. Before I got straightened out in God, I saw a few of my children suffer. But when I got straightened out and started reading Scripture and standing up like a real man supposed to, listen to me, Father, if you're not reading the Bible to your kids every day and praying, what kind of father are you? That's your number one mission. That's the, that you need to do that before you think about getting out there on that golf course or watching that football game. You need to get that Bible out and start reading to your children. Grandfather, grandmother, if you're listening to me and, and, and the mother of your grandkids aren't doing it, the father, get that Bible out. Start reading to those grandchildren when they come over to your house. Stop with the Disney stuff. Stop with the goofy little children's books. Get the Bible out. Kids want to hear the word of God. Someone said, give me a child from the age that's born to seven years old and let me fill his mind full of something. That's what he'll be the rest of his life. Stop the generational curse. Next week, I'm going to continue on stopping this generational curse. We're going to continue proving by Scripture that genes are cursed, that there is a generational curse. But then we're going to talk about how to bust it wide open, send it to hell, and it will not return. Before we leave, we're going to be praying for you. We're going to be praying for addiction, fear, all of that. But next week, I'm going to get into generational curse. This curse is deep. This curse is complicated. This curse, no one wants to talk about, and we're going to talk about it, all right? Uh, so, Brent, what do we got in chat? Anything going on? Um, I want you guys to um, go to davidhevener.tv, and please sign up, if you would. Um, we've, got, um, we've got some amazing, amazing, almost 900... 900 uh, original programs on davidhevener.t. Now, I know many of you are, are there, but if you go now, I've got a special 30 days free, okay? I'd like for you to go. You can sign. It won't cost you anything. Try it, and then you can disconnect. But if you sign up for a year, you'll be supporting the ministry, and you'll also get two months free, okay? I set that up. I want to help you guys, and you get to go with us underground on Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We get to be a family. You can talk to the guest. Uh, we encourage one another. After that, we have a chat room that you can participate in, okay? Go to davidhevener.tv. Sign up right now. And also, while I'm thinking about it, please go to lastevangelist.com. Um, this is our new TV series we're doing. And uh, sign up, uh, sign the newsletter, and... Um, <clears throat> and um, partner with us in this, okay, in this ministry. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Jennifer said I have five children and I get them Bibles. 
all for their ages. And Victoria said it would be nice to find a church like this in Canada. Wow. You know about the Bibles for your children? That's such an awesome thing. Is that a mother that said that? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, Praise God. As Jennifer's Network said, I have uh, five children, and I get them Bibles for all their ages so they can understand. Wow, that's amazing. And then the one sister said, I wish there was a church like this in Canada. Yeah, it'd be nice to find a church like this in Canada. Well, listen, let me tell you, you found it. We are it. We're in Canada. But I know what you're saying. I'd love for you to have a one-on-one with people, and we need that. We need it. So um, we need to pray for that. Yeah. Let's put that on the prayer list. Any other... Uh, Comments? Um, I want to sing a song here. Are you washed in the blood? Now, when I sing this, I know we've heard this many times, but are you washed? Am I washed? You see, folks, if we're not washed, if we're just dipping our toes in, and we're not completely washed in the blood. I'm talking every part of us has to be washed. You can't exempt any part. You have to be totally washed in the blood in order to be sanctified, in order to be spotless. And this morning, the next 10 minutes, I'm believing for the first time there's going to be those out there that are going to be totally washed in the blood. been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul? Cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside your garments that are stained with sin Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? There's a fountain Flowing for the soul unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb Everybody sing it with me Are you washed in the blood In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of Maybe you're saying, David, I thought I was washed in the blood, but I'm realizing now that I've held back part of me, that I wasn't willing to step completely in. But this morning, I want to commit to you and to those around us that I'm willing to do it. If that's you, I want you to put that in chat. I'm all in. Just put in, I'm all in for Jesus. There's no turning back. I don't care what man says. I'm going to stand up for God this time. I'm conquering my giant. 
Maybe there's some of you out there that you've been washed in the blood, but you've gotten out into the world and now you're tainted. You're saying, David, I don't like where I am right now. I want to go back to where I was when God first found me. God's listening to you. He sees you right now with tears in your eyes. It's called repentance. As we bow to our knees, we say, God, forgive me my sin. The blood has now cleansed you, and you're washed white as snow. Lay aside your garments, are they stained with sin? And be washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's the only thing that can wash away sins. There's a fountain flowing for the soul that's unclean. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You're saying, David, my family, I've got family members that if they died right now, they wouldn't go to heaven. Can we pray for them? That they'll be washed in the blood, that they will know about Jesus. David, will you pray for me that, that God will open the door and show me the words to say? Will you pray for my friends and my loved ones? Yes, right now we're lifting your friends and loved ones up, Lord, the unsaved. We're asking for a miraculous healing and a miraculous awakening of all those. A healing even for those that are unsaved because they will see your powerful miracle. We're believing that you're hearing our words because we're washed in the blood. Yes, we're washed in the blood. Thank you, Lord. In your soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Now my garments are spotless. They're white as snow. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. Do you hear what I said? Are you hearing what God said? You've turned to Him. You've repented. Now your garments are spotless as snow. Now we have the power to kill that giant, to cast out those demons. If you have prayer requests, I want you to send in your prayer request. Brent, do we have any prayer requests? You want to give those nice, loud, and proud. Angel said, could you pray for a friend of mine? She is having a problem with her son who thinks he's not a man. Opal said, my family needs salvation, a household salvation. Request to David. Uh, I'm sorry to admin at davidhebner.tv. Bilu said, "Pray for me. I'm a single mom with two teens, currently homeless, sleeping in our car for the past seven months." Mm -hmm. Yes, keep those prayer requests coming. 
God is hearing the words that Brent is speaking. He's hearing each and every name. Lord, we lift up each and every name that Brent has just spoken. Those who are homeless. Those who are not saved. Those who are hurting. Those who are sick. Those who are fearful. We thank you, Lord, for the healing. We thank you for listening to your children as they make their request. Now, you dirty demon of addiction, you have no right to the children of God. You are gone back to hell, you demon of lust, you demon of disease, you demon of lies, you demon of fear, you demon of, of identity, you demon of religion. You're back to hell, you will not return. God's people are set free. God's people are washed in the blood. God's people are being lifted up right now all over. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this miracle. Washed in the blood of life. Yes, we're washed. Sing it with me, everybody. In the blood, thank you, Lord, for washing us. In the so cleansing blood of the Lamb. Oh, my garment is spotless. You see, it's white as snow because I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I believe there's people out there that's been delivered this morning. I know there's people out there that have been enlightened because of God's word, not mine. If you're one of them, I want to hear from you. Admin at davidheavener.tv. I want to hear the praise report. As God delivers you through this day and through this week, sometimes it's not immediate, but it's an ongoing process. I want to hear about that journey. If, if you've been dealing with the demon of addiction and all of a sudden you have a desire to turn back to that, you look to that dirty demon in the name of Jesus, you are going back to hell. Look at it. Look at the bottle. Look at the pill. Look at the fear. Look in the mirror at the fear on your face. You send it back to hell. You curse that demon the way he's cursed your bloodline, and you curse that demon back into hell. Folks, you're delivered. We are delivered. You are now spotless. You've repented. You've come clean with God. You have a right to stand before the living God as a righteous, as a righteous one, because you're his elect, and he loves you so much. All right, All right everybody, I love you guys. Please, if you would like to support this ministry, um, I, I would like... Um, to invite you to do that now, if you could. Um, there's a time that we pause and we go, you know, we have needs and, and they're needs of prayer, needs of encouragement, but they're also financial needs. Um, we, we operate this ministry one day at a time, one week at a time. Um, you can go to david at davidheavener.tv forward slash give. Consider becoming a monthly partner. Uh, or you can uh, text the word CHOSEN to 91999, or you can call 
6006. We answer the phone. We'll pray for you. Um, and, uh, and if you would like uh, to get our new book, um, True Power, Using Your True Power in These Last Days, uh, I always bring this up because I want everybody to have a copy. God, God gave it to me. How to Beat the Demons in These Last Days. Um, and uh, it's not a new revelation. You can look at the life of Jesus and you can see how it's done. But I wrote that book. God gave it to me. This is End Times Investigations with me. Um, it's uh, how they brainwash you. Hollywood and satanic ritual abuse, uh, astral projection, program multiples, and many, many much more. Um, please pick that up. Also, the uh, DVD and the on uh, End Times Investigation, eight hours of footage on End Times Investigation. Uh, you can pick that up in the DVD on uh, Last Evangelist. Go to davidheavener.tv. You can watch Last Evangelist exclusively there, okay? And don't forget to go to lastevangelist.com and support uh, making this uh, uh, second episode. It comes out in uh, April. Yeah, Brent? You can check your iMessage for more giants to pray against. Okay, we're praying uh, for Marty. Marty, surgery recovery. Uh, John with dementia. We're praying to get that demon of dementia. Dementia, because I think it's a demon. I do. My wife's mother, they trying to diagnose her with Alzheimer's. She doesn't have it, but they want to plant that in you. See, they tell you, we think you have this, the medical system. Why? Because they, you, they, they have to give you a disease in order to give you some medicine. It doesn't mean that all medicine is bad. Folks, listen to me. You ever turn on the late night shows and you see all these ads for medicine. It's ridiculous. You know, medicine for everything. Then they have to give you medicine because you took the medicine. Please, please pray for my right leg healing. Yes, Rachel, we're praying for that. Um, sunshine. Uh, fear, control, alcohol, cigarettes. Yep. Victoria extracted from the occult case family. It looks like Victoria was extracted from the occult. So we're praying for all you guys. We love all you guys. Brent, any last-minute uh, things we need to talk about or any last-minute prayer prayers? Um. <clears throat> um, finishing up my coffee here. Okay. Uh, Michelle says, thank you for your kind words, uh, sweet sister. You know, Brent, the good thing about people chatting, they can chat with one another, right. you know? Yeah. And they encourage one another. Yeah. Uh, pray for Ukraine. Yes, we need, do need to pray for Ukraine. We also need to pray what's behind all that. Is, is, is somebody, uh, you know, what, what's the demon behind these wars? And that's what I, I'm always casting out, the demons behind the wars. Uh, pray for the soldiers. Yes, we're praying for those soldiers. Always be praying for the Ukraine. Yes, we're praying for the Ukraine. Uh, if you've got a place, a country you want us to pray for, you put that up because we are praying. But remember, behind every war is a demon. So therefore... We must not just pray for the war. We must do something about it. And I'm believing, it says praying for Russia also. I'm believing that we can, no matter where we sit, Brent, we can cast demons mm -hmm. from anywhere Yeah. if we believe. I don't think we have to be there face-to-face -face with the demon, do you? No. No, no. absolutely not. It's, it's prayer under his authority, under, under, his, under his direction. If, if we're under his authority, we can ask anything in under his name, right. his authority, in, we get it. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. So, so if someone has a demon that lives across the world, we have the power to, to cast that demon out of that person. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. All right.
pray against the war. Absolutely. All right, you all. I love you all. Please join me tomorrow night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, David Heavener Live. We'll be talking about the demon of, of trying to take out our children. I got to be careful of my words. The demon that comes against our children. I'm going to have testimonies on there that's going to shock you, folks. You need to listen to these testimonies, my guest, how they overcame. You, didn't, you wouldn't think they would stand a chance, but they overcame in the name of Jesus. Okay, uh, so join us. Uh, go to davidhebner.tv, sign up. Uh, like I said, 30 days free trial, but please sign up for the year if you would. We have the new uh, Actors a Talent for Christ channel uh, on there too, uh, Brent. So if you're an actor and you know someone is, you can go there and you can get all kinds of good stuff on there. Um, and also, again, lastevangelist.com. And uh, last but not least, um, if you need prayer, admin at davidhevener.tv. We want to continue to pray for you. If you'd like to support us, davidhevener.tv forward slash give. All right. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you for being you. I appreciate it. I love you. God loves you. All right.